Welcome, listeners. This is Setting the Tone with Alfonso Ramirez. And we're going to talk about the NFL MVP race. So first, to start things off, um, Patrick Mahomes is the clear favorite to win the NFL MVP, and rightfully so. I mean, he leads the NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns, only has seven interceptions, has significant wins across the schedule, and his team is at the is the number one seed in the AFC. So I'll save him for last, but he should be the favorite in my opinion. I would pick him right now to win the, the MVP when it's all said and done. So going to my going to the other favorites, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Second round pick out of Alabama. Doubted. His he's been doubted his whole career. His freshman year at Alabama, he went 15 and 1 lost the national championship to Deshaun Watson in Tampa Bay, the national championship. Then the next year they did, they barely got into the college football playoffs. They beat Clemson. He got his revenge on Clemson and in the national championship, they faced the number one team, Georgia. Now Georgia had the best defense in the NFL. They had the best rushing attack with Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle who are notable NFL running backs in the NFL right now. But the, Georgia was a tough team. And to paint a picture, uh, not only was Jalen Hurts struggling, the offensive line was struggling, the running the running game wasn't going so well, he was inaccurate, um, the defense was holding. And then at halftime, Nick Saban decided to pull Jalen Hurts and bench him to put in the one of the highest-ranked Quarterbacks coming out of high school, Tua Tagovailoa, another MVP favorite this year, put him into the game, and we know the rest. Tagovailoa led led Alabama to a comeback, and they won the national championship in overtime to beat Georgia in the state of Georgia, in in the new stadium they just built during that. From then on, Jalen Hurts served as a backup. It was a there was a big quarterback controversy if you don't remember at Alabama, whether you should start Jalen Hurts because he can run the football really well, but he didn't have the he couldn't throw the football as well as Tua. Tua was more accurate. Uh, Tua had a better arm, and we there was an argument to be made that Tua should start because he won the national championship. And they wanted to see a full year of Tua. So Tua started that year. And uh, Tua actually went down uh, in the SEC championship game later that year. It was uh, the 2018 season. He Well, 2018-2019 season. It was the 2018 SEC championship game against Georgia. They met Georgia again in Atlanta again. And uh, Tua got injured, and they were down 28-14 to 14 in the third quarter. And who does Nick Saban bring in? He brings in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts leads the do- – I mean, leads Alabama to a comeback victory, and they win the SEC championship, propelling them to go to the college football playoffs where they beat Oklahoma and go and go see – future NFL prospect Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers in a rematch uh, of the national championship from previous, which was in Phoenix. There was Alabama and Clemson met in the national championship in 2015 and in 2016. 
So these two teams faced uh, knew each other, and it was just a bad game for Alabama. Tua did bad, the defense did bad, and they lost. So Jalen came in at the end of the game. Uh, he didn't score a touchdown, but he just played the rest of the game. And after that season, he transferred to Oklahoma. And uh, we didn't know what to expect from Jalen Hurts because Oklahoma had built a quarterback system under Lincoln Riley. I mean, the previous two Heisman winners were from Oklahoma. They were both quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. Kyler Murray, number one overall pick in 2019. So there was there was a lot of expectations and pressure on Jalen Hurts to see if he can produce that kind of season. And he did. He He led Oklahoma to the college football playoffs and he came in in second in Heisman voting only to lose the Heisman and the college football playoff to Joe Burrow and the unstoppable 2019 LSU Tigers. So after, after that, he got drafted in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft as I believe the fourth quarterback, the first one being Joe Burrow, who I just talked about second Tua to the Dolphins and then the sixth pick, which was the Los, Los Angeles Chargers that picking Justin Herbert. And um, Jalen Hurts got drafted by Philadelphia. Now, to give you the context with Philadelphia was the past two years, uh, Philadelphia thought they found their guy. In 2016, they had the second overall pick. They drafted Carson Wentz out of North Dakota State. He had a pretty good rookie season. And in 2017, he had an MVP type season, but unfortunately tore his ACL in week 15, I believe, uh, three weeks before the playoffs. They put in Nick Foles and Nick Foles does the rest, brings them to the playoffs. The Eagles were doubted. They want, they beat the Falcons at home. They beat the Vikings at home in the NFC championship and they beat the new England Patriots and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So in 2018, there was a lot of expectations for the Eagles. If, they could go back to the playoffs and do it all over again uh, now that Carson Wentz is healthy. Well, not particularly. Um, in 2018, um, Carson Wentz got injured at the end of the season, and uh, the Eagles had to put Nick Foles back in. <laughs> they had to put Nick Foles back in the lineup again, and they went to the divisional round against the Saints, and the Eagles lost. But it was a good effort. And then the, pre the next season, there were questions about, you know, is Carson is Carson going to be healthy? Is he? Um, and there was a little bit of a feud between keeping Nick Foles because is Carson going to be healthy? So the Eagles decided to trade him away. Uh, I mean, not trade Nick Foles away. He was a free agent. They didn't sign him. They didn't re-sign him. Nick Foles ended up getting a $70 million contract from Jacksonville that year, which is one of the worst contracts in NFL history. And uh, Carson Wentz, that was his season, the 2019 season. And the Eagles barely made the playoffs. I mean, in my last show, I talked about how they were just not a very consistent and they were a terrible team. And the only reason why they made it was because they're in, they were in a terrible division with Dallas, New York, and Washington. So they made the playoffs. And then what happens again when Philadelphia needs their quarterback in the playoffs? He gets a concussion and is injured and he can't play. And the Eagles ended up losing to Seattle because they didn't have their starting quarterback. 
So the Eagles ended up giving Carson, I believe the year before or that year, I believe it was the year before, right after the 2018 season in 2019, in the 2019 off season, they gave him a big $200 million contract. Or I believe it was 2020 when they gave him a big $200 million contract. And they basically handed him the keys to the franchise. But after that Seattle incident where Carson got injured, you know, they were looking, do we draft a quarterback? We need a Nick Foles type backup quarterback because Carson's going to get injured. Carson may be, may have the talent to be an MVP, but he's, he's not, he's inconsistent and he doesn't show up when it matters and he's injury prone. So they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. This doubted, this grinder, this this guy from Oklahoma who transferred from Alabama, this kid from Houston, do they they trust him? And we didn't know what to expect of Jalen Hurts in his rookie year. And and as it happened, the Eagles did terrible in the 2020 season. I mean, the Eagles fans were starting to ask to start. Jalen Hurts because Carson Wentz would keep them in games or put them or give them wins, or then he would just take the game away by just throwing reckless interceptions all the time. So then Jalen, they put Jalen Hurts at the end of the year uh, to start the rest of the game. And he looked something new. It was something new in Philadelphia because he, he set the culture in Philadelphia which was right there, right then and there, when he stepped on the football field that, yeah, he doesn't have the throwing capabilities, but he has the leadership and he has the running ability that Carson doesn't have. Immediately when he stepped on that football field as a starter, he took he took it over. That was his team. That was his locker room. Jalen Hurts was the man in Philadelphia right then on. And it... He hasn't looked back ever since. In 2021, we saw in the offseason, they drafted a Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith out of Alabama, his former teammate. And we expect we expected to see, we didn't know what to expect from Jalen. What, what could we expect from a 2020 jump to this, to a second year, to a sophomore, which is a year in which most quarterbacks struggle? So we saw that Jalen Hurts actually did very well. He let, like I said, he set the culture and the the Eagles ended up becoming the best rushing team in the NFL. And they carried that culture into, into the seventh seed in the playoffs. And they ended up, yes, they ended up losing to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, but there was a lot to build on. And in the 20, and in this year's off season, they went out and got, A.J. Brown, a number one receiver, because Tennessee didn't want to pay him. And so Philadelphia, who whiffed on a pick in 2020, actually, they whiffed on a fir- on their first-round draft pick. Instead of drafting Justin Jefferson out of LSU, they drafted Jalen Rieger, basically a punt returner out of TCU. They decided to make up for that mistake, and they got A.J. Brown. And they pair him with Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, and now you got AJ Brown and you got an established above average tight end in Dallas Goddard. And it's still amazing offensive line. So there was a there was an exp- 
Philadelphia actually, their roster was ranked in the top five NFL rosters heading into the season, but we didn't know if they can make that jump. And this year we've seen it. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal from week, from week one. They just ran the ball. They got it to AJ Brown. They got it to Smith. We didn't know how long it would take for this all to sink in, but we heard from Jalen. They were working out. They were always working and we could see the results. I mean, you saw in Detroit, it just took off. You saw on Monday night football. It was, it was insane. Jalen hurts really changed Philadelphia from being the Super Bowl champs. And then the Super Bowl champs, just having a massive hangover and relying on this Carson Wentz roller coaster. And now he's brought them back to championship level. So I would definitely, if Jalen Hurts keeps performing at the level he is, he can definitely win some MVP votes. Moving on to uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Now, I already mentioned this. The story with him was he was one of the most highly recruited prospects coming out of high school. He went to the same high school as uh, Marcus Mariota in Honolulu, and um, he was on the Elite 11. I love this show that's on NFL Network, uh, the Elite 11. It's the best high school quarterbacks in the country. They compete with uh, the best quarterback coaches, and they bring in these college guys, and they train, and we see who the best is, and they compete with each other. And uh, Tua was phenomenal. I mean, you see guys he competed against just make look bad. I mean, Tua in the Elite 11, I watched him. He was so accurate. He, and he was such a pure pocket passer. Because the big thing about Tua in high school was he can make a lot and move on the run. Well, obviously, I'll get to why he doesn't move that much anymore. But Tua in high school and at the Elite 11 was a perfect, he could do everything. He can move, he can run, he can uh, throw the ball on the run. He was insanely accurate. It was called, he threw the ball like Aaron Rodgers. He threw the ball in a beautiful way, just like Aaron Rodgers. And he was accurate like Aaron. That's the big thing they talked about him going into college. And then um, we just talked about it. He, in the on the biggest stage, he got put in at halftime and won the national championship. And then his, in his second year, he came in second in Heisman voting. And then in his third year, he, he goes down with a hip injury. Now this is where things get, where things go south for Tua. Tua, if he did not get that hip injury, despite Joe Burrow having that big, big undefeated LSU season in which he broke every record, Tua would have probably have been the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. But because of the hip injury, the Bengals, uh, the Washington and the Washington football team at the time uh, did not want to take a risk on Tua. So the big consensus was that Miami was already tanking for Tua and that they would want to get Tua. But reports are coming out that now that Brian Flores actually wanted to trade up to get Joe Burrow, he tried to make a trade with the Bengals to get Joe Burrow or that. Brian Flores wanted actually Justin Herbert, but we'll talk about Justin Herbert later. He, I'm going to bring my friend Sahil on. He, he knows more about Herbert. Herbert was a special case in 2020. We didn't really know much about Justin Herbert, but getting back to Tua, we didn't know whether he was going to be good or 
how much the injury was going to affect him. He had a big hip injury. Um, so we just, we just had to assume he was just going to translate what he did in college into the NFL. So he got drafted at five and it was just a chaotic experience from 2020 to 2021, the, the last two years in Miami. So he starts, he doesn't start, he gets benched then he gets put in again. And the coach didn't really like him because he wanted to draft Herbert or Burrow. And so it wasn't, it wasn't good. And then there was also allegations that he was getting, that the coach was getting paid to tank tank. And then there was, it was even worse that um, they were, that uh, the owner, Stephen Ross was actually trying to um, move was trying to move Tua to get to Sean Watson or he was or there was a deal in place to get uh Sean Payton and Tom Brady in Miami. So Miami was really not very stable the last two years. It was really a roller coaster in Miami. And so this year uh the owner was suspended for collusion with Tom Brady. And uh that's a different story I want to talk about on a different episode. But um Tua they they brought in the 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniels, who's been with the Shanahan since 2003. Um, so we knew they brought in an offensive-minded head coach. They brought in Tyreek Hill. They they already drafted the year before Jalen Waddell, a speed receiver who to was former teammate out of Alabama. They they keep Mike Gusecki. They bring in Chase Edmonds. They bring in Raheem Mostert. Uh, they drafted Austin Jackson. They drafted uh, another first-round tackle. So Miami built a lot around Tua. And this is the big knock that I have on Tua. His, he look, Now, he looks like he's back at Alabama with all the speed and all the weapons around him. And I don't know whether it's, uh, it's him or it's or it's the people that's around him. It's probably the people around him because last two years, yes, it was unstable, but I saw a lot of underthrows. I saw a lot of just holding on to the football. I saw a lot of inaccuracy behind throws. I mean, he doesn't look like the quarterback he was at Alabama. The arm strength doesn't look the same as it was in Alabama. And I don't, maybe it's the hip injury. The, maybe the hip injury. I don't really know. I'm not a physician. I don't really know that much about arm strength, but he just doesn't look the same as he does in Alabama. Even now with all the weapons around him, he's still underthrowing balls. He's still inaccurate in some ways, even though he has one of the highest completion percentage in the NFL, one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL with 71%. It's because it's because his receivers are so good. It's because Tyreek Hill is so fast. It's because Jalen Waddle's there. So Tua has a lot built around him. So I wouldn't really consider him the an MVP. I would consider him a guy who just knows how to manage what he's got because he's so used to what he – this is very familiar to him from what uh, this situation was at Alabama, which was speed all around him. Everything had to be built around him to succeed, and he knows what to do with that. So Tua has done very well there. They're 16 and one in their last 17 games with him starting. Um, he and he did beat New England. He's the only guy 
He's the only quarterback with the most wins without a loss against Bill Belichick. He beat Buffalo. He came back 21 points against Baltimore. Granted, it was mostly Tyreek Hill, but he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's accurate. And uh, without him starting, the Dolphins are 4-8. and eight. So it's really hard to make an argument against Tua. Now moving on to uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I talked about in my last podcast episode, was is a guy that could do everything and has done everything for Buffalo. I mean, he makes up for 85% of the team's total yards. He leads his his team in rushing with 485 yards. I mean, isn't that insane? But he also leads the league in turnovers. That's the big knock that I have on Josh Allen. Josh Allen um, drafted sixth overall, has improved significantly from when he was drafted in 2018. I mean, we thought he was going to be a bust in 2018 and 2019. And then in 2020, they bring in Brian Dable, who's now the head coach of the New York Giants. I mean, and it's just lights out. He has just been lights out since 2020. He he is he's been an MVP candidate ever since. And Josh Allen really is everything for the Bills. The Bills are like the sword. You're gonna either win by Josh Allen or you're gonna get or you're gonna die by Josh Allen because in close he leads the NFL in turnovers. In these close games, he has not looked the best. He has a 55% completion percentage. In the fourth quarter, on third down and fourth down this year, he has a 43% completion percentage in the fourth quarter. And those are one of the lowest comparing to Tim Tebow, Jim Plunkett. So Josh Allen is a really talented quarterback that Buffalo runs everything through. And, you know, it's just putting too much on him. And if... They're putting too much on him. He's bound to get injured, like we saw like recently with the elbow in- injury. So Josh Allen, by definition, he does everything for the team. He should be a top three MVP candidate for sure, but he doesn't take care of the football. He he He's a gunslinger. He'll just let it rip. He'll try to do everything himself, and they make him do everything himself, and it leads to turnovers in these big games. My last person I want to talk about is Lamar Jackson. My favorite player in college at the time was Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson because one of the first college games I watched was those two playing Clemson, and it was an absolute show. I mean, you had Watson running around, throwing the football. You had Deshaun, you had Lamar Jackson just couldn't be stopped. He was juking grown men out of, his, out of their shoes, just running around. And it was a close game. And, of course, I believe it's been a while. I believe the the home team Clemson won. But ever since then, I just kept following those two. Lamar Jackson, when he came into the league, was just a winner. He's been a winner. He has one of the best. He's has 43 wins and, I believe, 15 losses in his NFL career. 43 wins and 15 losses. Now you can uh, check me on that again because it's been a while since I looked at that. That was either heading into this season. But Lamar Jackson was already beat in his second year Michael Vick's rushing 
season record. He was a unanimous MVP the first time since uh, 2007. Lamar Jackson is just the hardest quarterback out of all these guys besides Patrick Mahomes to game plan for. I mean, how do you stop Lamar Jackson? You got to either have a spy, you got to either blitz him. And guess who's the best quarterback against the blitz? Lamar Jackson. So if you even if you blitz him, you're going to end up paying because he can throw really well. Now, the knock on him I've seen this year is that he hasn't, he hasn't been able – now, I know I just said he can beat you with his arm. In certain plays, you can see that he's very inconsistent with, with, his, with the throwing. He's, he can be inconsistent throwing the football sometimes. And uh, sometimes that's cost them. And as you looked against Buffalo, he threw an ill-advised pick on fourth and goal to Buffalo, and they just ended up winning that game. They had a 17-point lead. But and they lost to the Jets. I mean the Giants because he fumbled the football, which was a bad snap. And then he threw an interception. So he'll turn the ball over a lot. But Lamar Jackson has 635 rushing yards on the season as a quarterback. That's he's a top 10 rusher as a quarterback. I mean, there's and here's the thing: if you look at his big wins, look at the one against. Um, the Patriots. I mean, if he can throw like that, like 80% of the time, he's he's more dangerous than Patrick Mahomes because he can just run way better than Patrick Mahomes. And if he can throw 80% of what he just did in that game against New England and against uh, the Jets, he's he's probably the most dangerous player in the NFL. So I believe over time, if he just keeps developing his throwing, I think he'll be probably a top two quarterback in the NFL, along with Mahomes. Now, Mahomes is probably the best guy. I mean, he's probably flawless because he can run. He's a sneaky good runner. Like he doesn't, he's not like fast. Like you don't he's not out of the box like or he's not athletic, kind of like Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, but he's just sneaky good at running for some reason. On a third down and 17 on Sunday night football against Tennessee, when they were down eight points, what did he do? He just ran. He just ran 17 yards and just got the first down and led them all the way down to score the tying. And then, I mean, seriously, what do you not say about Patrick Mahomes? He's probably the clear MVP favorite. He should be the clear MVP favorite. And so that's my pick. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Have a great night.